welcome to another exciting episode of Home Sweet Home. My name is Rod McCall. And I'm Bryce Runge. Good to have y'all listening today. Uh, we're going to talk about an issue that I see rise up quite a bit in, you know, the kids that I teach. I, I don't know if you how much Bryce you see it in your kids, but the idea that I get one chance at life and I better not screw it up. Right. And I'm of the mindset, based on, you know, my years of experience in life, that you're going to get knocked down a lot. A lot. Um, a lot of disappointments, a lot of issues that, you know, they can be small, uh, they can be medium, they can be big. And you, I guess the idea is that you're going to make a lot of mistakes. Sure. And there's going to be a lot of failures. And sometimes you cause it. Sometimes they just happen to you. Right. Um, and then you have various degrees of influence that you have. And I, I've come to understand that they are not the defining feature of who I am. Right. And my mistakes are not. They help kind of create me. And how I think and feel, believe, behave, right. that kind of stuff. But it's not a predictor of my future. Exactly. And I, I, there was a sign in the hallway, oh, a teacher many years ago who's no longer with our school. But he had a sign and it said, it's not that you get knocked down. It's how you get back up. Yeah. And I, I'm a firm believer of that. Right. And I mean, okay, we went through our divorce. Mm-hmm. And we, and I think we've kind of covered that uh, decently, that it was a kick in the gut. Yeah. And I, I looking at it at the time, I felt like, my gosh, this is the worst possible thing to ever happen to me. Right. And in some aspects, it, it really was yeah. some of the worst things. But yet here I am uh, 10 years post-divorce and I'm still alive and kicking. And. You know, I keep thinking about all the different things that have happened. Um, okay, I got fired from a job at Kroger's okay. uh, back when I was just out of high school, early college. I'd been working there for a couple of years, and I don't know. I felt like they trumped up some stuff that, uh, you know, pushed me out the door. Um, but I got fired, and I thought, my gosh, this really sucks, you know, that – you know, and that wasn't the first time. I, I got fired when uh, I was teaching school, you know, over at a uh, uh, different school district here in the uh, DFW Metroplex. Okay. And, okay, I didn't technically get fired. They pushed me out the door. I resigned. Right. But, you know, as a consequence of the false allegations made up during the divorce, and I felt, my gosh, this is the end. It is the end of... It is the worst thing. Right. But I keep learning that at the moment, that feels like the worst thing, but it actually isn't. Right. I mean, I, I, I don't know if you've had any issues that um, have popped up or have caused you, but again, I, I, well, so yeah, and uh, plenty. And I'll, and I'll say this, because I say it often, the crucibles that I've experienced in my life have help shape me and f- form who I am today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've also 
um, started developing this new way of seeing adversity. And okay. it's not so much as, um, why is this happening to me? And by replacing that two instead of four, why is this, ha- how is this happening for me? Why is this happening for me? Right. Mm-hmm. That way, um, I'm able to, let's say quicker, um, vacate the victimhood mentality. Why me? Why me? Why is this happening to me? There's something wrong with me. I'm not good at this. Okay. So why is this happening for me? And I even write this in my book. It's like changing that word can transform your life. So yeah, I've been knocked down quite a bit. Um, And I know we've talked about the divorce and how that was a kick in the butt. But again, I could look back and now over the years I've developed that because I've had, I had to, I had to vacate that victimhood mentality because it's, it's, it's terrible. It's a terrible place to be. And nobody wants to be around that. No, that you're, you know, negativity. Right. Um, Oh, who's the guy that wrote the energy bus? John Gordon. Yes. Love that book. I'm not promoting it, but uh, I do like it because he talks about the energy vampire. Absolutely. Uh, the dark cloud. Yeah. And how that negativity, people don't want to be around you when you're negative. Right. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, a, a lot of us have a lot of experience in that. Like, why is this happening to me? I mean, I used to question that quite a bit. Why me? Why me? Mm-hmm. Right. But over, over the past few years, it's been, okay, how, how is this going to, how can I learn from this? How could I benefit? How could I grow from this? How is this happening? Why is this happening for me? Um, but I, I, and I know that's, that's really been the difference. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, I, I use football quite a bit as an example. Um, and I'm going to share that right now. So I graduated in 1995 um, way after you did. Um, <laughs> and I, I set up, I, I just went out there and I just did life. I had no, no plans, no design. It was all on the default side. I was a skater. I was a surfer. Um, now I played football in high school and yeah. I was really good, but I was more focused on hanging out with the boys, having a good time, skating, doing all that stuff. And I ended up getting fired from a place I could, I guess I could use that as an example. However, that propelled me into working at a high school in California, the high school that I worked with, or Mm -hmm. sorry, that I went to, sorry. And my brother, Brad, shocker, Mm -hmm. happened to be working there. (laughs) And he's like, dude, like, you got to come over here. Like, you need to get out. Like, you need to come over here and help me coach. Let's let's get you on a new path. Mm-hmm. And so I remember coaching some athletes, and I, I had like fat flashbacks of playing football. Mm-hmm. And later that night, I had some dreams, and then I sat down and talked with Brad about it. And he's like, "Go and roll over at Fullerton JC. Like, go. Like, mm-hmm. you need this." And so I'm like, "Okay." So I went over there and I talked to the coaches, and then I literally said, "I'll be back in a year." So I was pretty, I was pretty devastated at what had happened and like, where am I going? I've got no backup plan whatsoever. No degree, no, no, nothing, Mm -hmm. no design for anything. Um, And at that point I'm like, something needs to change and I can't continue on this course. And so I pretty much got rid of a whole bunch of friends. And I really friends. They were, well, maybe a couple of them. A couple of them are still my, my friends and we okay. still talk to. Most of them 
Um, no, bad influences. How about that? Okay. Um, and so that's when I, I got something has to change. And so I pretty much locked myself in my, my, I was living with my parents. So anyways, <laughs> um, said. so I'm like 24. Let me just set the stage a little bit. I'm 24. It's almost six years after I graduate. Is that about right? 24, sure. 23, yeah, somewhere around 18. there. Um, and I just start training. I start working out. I'm thinking to myself, okay, these dreams, you know, that I'm having, these flashback, flashbacks, maybe, maybe I'm supposed to be playing football. And I knew I was good in high school, um, but I'm like, man, I okay, this will help. At least I'm going to go to college. I'm going to mm-hmm. enroll, and I can, you know, get a degree. And I liked working at the school with my brother, and I liked education, and I liked working with kids. And so, I did. I trained for a year. That's all I did is worked out, worked mm-hmm. out for like twice, twice, a, twice a day, almost every day. Um, I was in like phenomenal shape and I walked on at Fullerton JC and I pretty much started right away. Um, then at, after my freshman year, I was super pumped. I started getting noticed mm-hmm. and I get a call, actually the late Gene Murphy, our head coach, he calls me into the office, and he's got Lou Holtz on the phone. Lou Holtz, Lou Holtz, Notre Dame, South Carolina. South Lou Carolina. Holtz. It was it was South Carolina at the time, playing for the Gamecocks, and so we're sitting there talking, and he's he's pumping me up. He's yeah, the best long snapper in the country right now, and we need a long snapper. And Gene has told me so much about you, and we I need you out here. And how do you feel about playing for the Gamecocks? And I'm like, Coach, this is a dream come true, you know. So we start talking about grades and transcripts and, you know, where you at. And if you could just get us your SAT scores, you could, you could transfer in. And that's when you realized you didn't have an SAT score. My heart sank because I didn't do any of that in high school. I barely graduated high school. (laughs) Talk about that in my book. You know, my parents had a a relationship with the government teacher. Hey, shocker. (laughs) You're Um, And I do feel like he, he threw me a, a, bone and pass me anyways that's a different story um so you lost the opportunity so i lost the opportunity i was like oh i was so mad and i was bitter and then like and i was embarrassed mm-hmm. and then because i was pumped up and i uh, you know told my brother i'm like dude no way i'm gonna go play with lou hole yes and i'm like oh and then i got over that i'm like okay i, I if, if Lou Holtz is calling me, mm-hmm. there's a lot of other opportunities out there. And so I, I kept going. I kept pushing. And then after my sophomore year, I I received a ton of Division One offers. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them were partials. I really wanted to go to Oregon State because that's where my good friend Sam Paulescu went. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a punter. We were thinking we we're going to go as a package deal. You know, mm-hmm. they ended up taking him and they were going to offer me a partial Um he went ended up going to play in the NFL and I ended up, um, I say, I say that like a bad thing. Well, you're I, you're doing the podcast with me. Yeah. Uh, now I'm saying, yeah, I get a call from, uh, June Jones, who's the head coach at university of Hawaii. And he flies me out for an official visit in February. We do the whole tour and all that. And I, I remember getting off the plane and the coach, he walked by me at first and then he kind of like, Bryce, 
Runky? I'm like, yeah. He's like, holy crap. Now, remember I said I worked out like twice a, twice a day, every mm-hmm. day. I was jacked. Mm-hmm. And you don't typically see long snappers look like the way I did. Yeah. And so he's like, yeah, I, okay, wow. And I had Brad with me. We had a, <laughs> we had a fun time. Oh, I can um, we, You know, met all the coaches. And then um, I remember walking through the weight room and, and the current players were in there working out. And I'm wearing a tank top and you know, on my tats and, you know, just <laughs> jacked. And I'm like, you know, I was, I was, I was prime right then. And then I sat down with June Jones and he said, here's the deal. I'm going to offer you a full athletic scholarship. I'm like, no way. He says, go home, think about it. And, you know, let me know. We'd love to have you. Um, he's, he, and he flat out said like, look, here's the deal. Like you are the athlete, the type of athlete that plays on Sundays. So I kind of planted that seed right away. Uh-huh. And I'm like, dang, all right. And so I uh, come out of the office and I tell Brad and he kind of knew. He's like, I just knew it, dude. Let's go party. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we did. Right. So we went down and uh, put on some hula dresses and had a good time. Um, then I uh, go back home and I continue working out. And then I meet this woman. Mm-hmm. Um and then I fly to Hawaii, and at that point, I knew things had changed. As in, like, I had already begun to lose my passion. Mm-hmm. My focus was elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I played one one season. I'm not even going to say a year. I played one season. I talked with June Jones afterwards, and he he encouraged leaving early. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he said, ah, because of your age, you know, and, and which I failed to mention here a little bit ago, when I was, when I accepted my athletics or my scholarship to Hawaii, I I had just turned 27. Oh, you're an old man. I am. And, um, one of the older guys to get a full athletic scholarship as a long snapper, that was it. Mm -hmm. And someone told me, I, I think it was a sports writer in Hawaii had said that I was the first um, scholarship long snapper in the Western Athletic Conference history. Wow. I haven't fact checked that and I, whatever. Um, regardless, I got a full athletic scholarship. So anyways, uh, we, we talked and he encouraged and um, I said, all right, I'm going for it. So with the, with the potential of increased finances and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, playing on Sundays mm-hmm. and I'm like 27 and I said, let's do it. And I went undrafted after the 2005 NFL draft and then Buffalo Bills calls. Mm-hmm. I fly into Buffalo and I've been to Buffalo. It's kind of a nice little town. It's not bad. It was, it was, it was, there was snow everywhere. I loved oh. it. Get in there. Um, there's me and another snapper, John Kondo. He actually played for the Cowboys and then he went to play for the Raiders uh, for quite a while. And in my opinion, we were, we were at, at least the same, mm-hmm. you know, in ability and, um, about the same size. And there were some other punters and kickers in there. And, uh, it was just the two of us and we were, we're working out. And next thing you know, uh, representative player personnel comes out. He says, Hey, we, we actually need to pull you from the workout. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you're you're not eligible. And I'm like, not eligible? What the hell are you talking about? Mm-hmm. 
And so long story short, I called my agent and I, I was pissed. I'm like, I'm in Buffalo and I can't work out for some reason. And he's acting like he has no idea. Well, you leave early from college. You have to be, you have to get permission from the commissioner of the NFL. There's a process. And I had to fill out this packet. I was oblivious to all of it. Mm-hmm. I'm just the football player. I ended up firing that agent. I got another one. And I was, I was, I was, I was ticked off. Because I'm thinking, man, I have a really good opportunity. And knowing that the fact that John Condo and he, he goes on to play and a lot of those kickers are mm-hmm. yeah, played in the NFL, I'm like, are you serious right now? But I didn't have that, oh, this is happening for me, right? Then I, this is happening for me. Um, anyways, I fired that guy and then I, I get another agent and I work out again with the, not with Buffalo, I worked out with um, the Green Bay Packers. Um, which I was like, yeah, all right. Cause I'm a bears fan. Right. So how's this going to work now? Um, that ended up not working out. And so I was a little, I was still pretty upset and I knew that I was battling some depression because of it. Yeah. And I mean, it took a toll on me mentally, right. Just, you know, being told no, or, and then, you know, cause this is a dream. I mean, this is, this is the opportunity. Yeah. Play. Sunday football. Right. I mean, that's a long way from Friday night high school. And so I can see that. Yeah. Being absolutely, seeing that be an opportunity. I mean, there are, I forget what the slim percentage, I mean, it's less than 1%. Oh, yeah, it's ridiculous. Get to play on Sunday. And here you are. Knocking on the door. They don't answer. Right. Yeah, I, I sit down and have a, cu- have a cup of coffee with some of these teams and, and nothing ever pans out. And then the one opportunity where I'm like, oh, this is a for sure thing. I remember I was a campus security um, guard, if you will. I was, it was campus security and pretty much rode around on the golf court and, <laughs> you know, disciplined kids. Anyways, um, I got a call from Vince Martino. He was the head coach. Of the Hamburg Sea Devils. Yeah, NFL, we talked about that. NFL Europe. Yeah. And again, hey, Bryce, I'm so excited. Uh, I've re- reviewed your, your film. You're a phenomenal long snapper. Um, we don't have, obviously, we don't have a long snapper, you know, and, and it's different in NFL Europe and whatnot. And so he goes on to tell me the process of everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to Europe. I'm going to play for the Hamburg Sea Devils. And then the day before the NFL draft, I, or yeah, the Europe draft, which I was told he was going to call, mm-hmm. um, is when Brad called me and said dad was in the ICU. Uh, we talked about this when we talked about your book. Yeah. He says, he's like, he tried to play it off. He's like, ah, he's, he's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't very convincing. And I'm like, let's let's load up. And so we we drive to the hospital, and five minutes after we get in there, the doctor comes out and says, your dad had a massive stroke. First of all, he's lucky to be alive, but he's not he's not him. Mm-hmm. He's gone basically. Mm-hmm. He's just there. He's a vegetable. And we're like, no, right? You know. And I never got that call that day. I ended up calling my agent. I was like, I don't remember what I said. I'm crying, you know, because I don't know which end is up at this point. I'm like, oh. And so just devastated again. 
So, you know, I got me with my dad and, and then football and it's not really on my radar. And, um, although I did, I, I did pursue it a couple more years and I finally, I just, this is ridiculous. Well, that's gotta be tough to see the dream kind of disappear. And I think, you know, you, you, I like your statement that this is happening for me versus this is happening to me. Yeah. And as you were saying, when you said that the first time, I kept thinking about the number of times that I am, I'm driving somewhere, I'm driving to school. And then I, I keep hitting red light after red light after red light. And I'm going, hello, is there a freaking sign on my <laughs> truck saying, stop light, please stop light? Right. I'm going, I'm already late. I'm already behind. But then I start thinking about, why am I late? Mm. Why am I behind? And it's because something I did. And when you commented about how you lost your focus, mm-hmm. when you went to Hawaii, you lost just enough of an edge. And I, I keep thinking back to the idea that many of the things that happen for us is sometimes based on something we did. Mm-hmm. Small or big, but we play a role. And it, now again, it's not entirely our fault. It wasn't entirely your fault that, you know, you didn't wind up playing football on Sundays. Right. Um, you know, it wasn't entirely my fault, you know, getting fired or laid off from jobs. Right. Um, it is... But we, the fact is, we still got lambasted. Right. And I can remember many times thinking, this is it. This is the end. Um, where do I go from here? And I keep being reminded, you know, again, the, the sign that uh, the guy at school had up, I had heard before. Right. It's not that you get knocked down. It's all in how you get back up. Yeah. And so I, you know, I keep thinking that there are so many, and you had a quote in your book that I found really interesting. It says, life is full of obstacles and challenges, and those are exactly what we need to become triumphant. Yeah. And I, you know, I try and explain this, and it took me a long time to come to the realization that you're at, that it's not... A totally bad thing. Right. When you're in the moment, uh, I thought the divorce was the worst thing for me. I look back and I go, there's actually a lot of positives that came out of that one horrific event. Yeah. And I know that these failures, these disappointments, these letdowns, I really do believe, and I think, you know, we've kind of hinted at this, though not specifically directly at the exact same moment, but that we learn from it. Right. That, and again, I like your statement of this happens for us because where we thought we wanted to go was not where we were really supposed to go. Right. And I mean, I keep thinking as you're talking about football, you weren't supposed to play football on Sundays. Right. And, you know, there's been a number of times here over the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years, but mostly here over the last few years, I've come to understand that 
the easier things are for me. And, you know, the path, the easier it is, the more I am understanding, I am supposed to do this. Right. But the more obstacles there are in the way. Um, again, uh, we were looking to buy a house here, oh, four or five years ago, right? It was, uh, I was getting remarried, and we were trying to find a house. And we were having issues with finding those that were nice and decent, that were affordable, coming up with financing. Sure. I mean, there were just one major obstacle after another. And it's kind of like, okay, we are not supposed to buy. Well, what about rent? The first house we looked at to rent was available. We took it, and it was done in a matter of a day or two. Right. And it's like, okay, well, we weren't supposed to buy. We were supposed to rent. Yeah. And, you know, our podcast, okay, there weren't really a lot of obstacles. Things went very smoothly for us, right. you know, from the idea to figuring out how to do this. And here we are many episodes now in so that to me says we are supposed to do this, right? And so the obstacles, the letdowns, the the failures. I mean, how many episodes did we take before we figured out how to do this? <laughs> um, okay, we won't put out the uh, the gag reel here right. um, on that because I guess I don't know. Maybe we could, but the point is we made mistakes. Yeah, yeah, and we, you know, it's it's something I try and explain to my students. You don't have to be perfect 100% of the time. Right, I agree. And it's okay to make a mistake if you understand what caused you to make that mistake. I mean, if you fail a test in my class, I'm not going to berate you. I'm going to let you, you know, find a way to get a better grade on it. But you got to tell me why you failed. Right. And if it's because you didn't study, then the consequence then is, or the next question is, are you going to do anything different? Exactly. Well, and that's where... A lot of people are, right? It's just a vicious cycle for them because there isn't that built-in reflection time. What did I do? Or what can I have done differently? Or how could, how should I have responded to, you know, the circumstance or situation? And um, But again, we get this. Uh, when we talked to my mom, mm-hmm. I didn't think about it. Right. So it was what she said. I didn't really, I just didn't think about it. Okay. Well, well, it's something I talk about in my book is helping people develop their thought life. Right. Mm -hmm. How, how are we thinking about these situations? Mm -hmm. What kind of questions are we trying to apply to the circumstance, whatever it be um, to help us get to, you know, a better understanding of, you know, what's happening or I don't know. Does that make sense? It does because we've got to make mistakes. And but important part of making the mistake is you're right. Taking that moment to look at what was my role in the failure. One of the things that we talk about in our divorce group um, all the time is you had a role. It might be small, it might be big, but you had a role and right. you need to process what that was and figure out, okay, what can you do differently? Right. So that that way, when you have your next relationship, you're in a better spot. Sure. And, you know, if you fail a test, okay, what do you do? Um, I mean, it's that kind of thing that failure is a part of life. Yeah. But you can either keep failing because you don't 
process yeah. uh, what it is. And, yeah. and, you know, that is something that I have had to train myself in trying to do. Um, is look, my failure, what was my failure? Right. Um, okay, I'm taking a, you know, as I keep sharing, um, I'm, I'm working on my college or my uh, uh, master's in professional counseling. Right. Uh, my assignment number two. For the class I'm taking, um, I did not double space. Um, according to oh, APA no. format, shame no. on me, I got hit with a serious penalty. <laughs> Guess what I'm doing for assignment number three? I'm double spacing. You're double spacing. <laughs> so oh, it's okay to make a mistake, but then figure out, okay, right. what were some of the things that led to that mistake? And rather than, and it's easy to do, I am, I've done it so many times, I blame others. But at the end of the day, a lot of it is me. I blame the the people that are driving on the road with me. Get out of the way. Hurry up. Right. You know, push on the accelerator, <laughs> not the brake. But a lot of times, why am I in a hurry? It's because I'm running late. Right. Because I didn't give myself enough time. Yep. When I so I've had to reflect on that. So again, yeah. it's 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 not that we get knocked down. Right. It's how we get back up, and that is something that is so hard for me. Mm. But I'm getting—I think I'm getting better at it. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I try and share with my students all the time. Yeah. Is okay. You're not going to get what you want all the time. Right. Don't expect it, and you're going to make mistakes. And accept that you're going to make mistakes. And and then don't try and go make mistakes. Right. Just understand that. You know, there's an opportunity cost. Mm-hmm. So if you want to go play video games, that's fine instead of studying for the test. But if you fail the test, know that you chose to do this instead of this and accept the consequences. Right. So what are you going to do different if you want better results? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Um, you know, I think all too often it's I fail. I must be a failure then. Uh, yes. Uh, there's something wrong with me. I'm stupid or I'm not good at this. It's that negative self-talk mm-hmm. that, uh, again, can lead down to that path of victimhood sure. or, you know, creating that energy vampire, if you will. Uh-huh. And, um, but I think that's where a lot of people are. And they see failure as this is this is bad. This is it. This is the end. Right. And it, it's. I'm seeing, especially in young people, the, again, what I said at the very beginning, they feel like they've only got one shot at life. Right. And it's kind of like, no, you're going to have dozens of opportunities right. to shift and change the direction. And if, you know, this option doesn't work, fine. There's going to be other options available to you. Right. And I think it sometimes feels with young people they don't fully appreciate the fact that they're going to make mistakes, that they're going to to have failure. Right. And I sometimes wonder how much as parents do we, we say, well, I told you so. Right. And I mean, I kind of, okay, my stepchildren are in their early mid twenties and I'm having to, Take and hit that pause button of, don't say, I told you so. Right. Just say, okay, I'm going to help you dust off your butt, and I'm 
I'm going to try and help. Okay, so what do you want to do different? Right. And I, I'm not as good as what I should be because uh, I, I sometimes like to say, <laughs> I told you so, I told right. you so. Didn't I say, man, I wish somebody would have said something to you. <laughs> and my wife keeps sharing with me that, um, you know, your sarcasm isn't well received at this point in time. Um, and I don't understand. I think I'm pretty funny. But uh, only in my own mind, right? right. Uh, <laughs> so I, I guess if we're going to sum this up, in a, well, not necessarily sum it up, but we are the sum. And I shared this with your mom yeah. when we interviewed her because I truly do believe this. Everything that happens to us is a positive. Even the negatives are a positive because they've helped shape who we are. Right. That we are, everything that we think, act, feel, believe, and behave is entirely driven, well, I don't want maybe not entirely, but mostly driven by our experiences in life. Sure. And they, you know, everything that happens to us shapes or redefines or confirms right. what we think to be true. And, and I tell the kids all the time that they're reaching that point, that their experiences in life are going to either confirm or challenge the beliefs that they hold dear. Right. And, but it's, we have to have these experiences. Right. And I really get frustrated with some of the parents of the kids I teach because they don't want their kids to fail. Yeah. Uh, some of our administrators don't want the kids to fail. Yeah. And I'm going, don't we learn more through our mistakes and failures than we do through our successes? Right. And so I, I don't know. Yeah. I, you know, when I, when I reflect back, um, when I mentioned about the, I, I wasn't joking about the, my government teacher passing me. That was serious. Well, good thing it was him, not me. Yeah. Not your butt. Uh, you know, and that's that's <laughs> that's something I even mentioned. Like, I uh, not almost. I wish he would have. Whether I would have received it at that time, I, that's the question. You may have that, had to take summer school. Well, it may have sent a bigger message to me. Don't just pass me, because that left me feeling like I'm well, kind of less than. Like, don't 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 just throw me a pass, right? Well, but yeah, like that's that that was a disservice to me. Mm-hmm. Like I know that sucks to to fail a kid, and especially if you know the kid's parents. Mm-hmm. You know, their parents they went to church together, but it's it was really a disservice, I think, in my opinion. So I may have mm-hmm. it may or may I don't know. I, I'm just when I reflect back, thinking to myself, I didn't put zero. I put zero effort in. Mm-hmm. And then I embarked on this journey with no design, no plan. We had a kid, or I had a kid last year, first semester, and he did literally nothing. Yeah. Turned in zero assignments, showed up. He was an at-home learner, showed up for zero classes. And so I gave him a zero. Yeah. And I was strongly encouraged to reevaluate his grade and give him a 60. That way he would have a chance to pass. Yeah. And I said, no. I said, I cannot give anything to a kid that he didn't earn. If you put in zero effort, I'm not going to give you a grade. I don't care what kind of grade. He yeah. got a zero for the first nine weeks. And they said, well, he's coming back to in-person. 
Is there any condition in which you would reevaluate changing that zero? And I said, yeah. You let it be known. I'll tell the kid, too, that if you come to class and you have near-perfect attendance and you have an 85 or better on every assignment, every test, every quiz, then I will reevaluate that first nine-week grade. That kid came in, had near-perfect attendance, wow. had over a 90% right. that second nine-week grading period. Yeah. And so I did. I, that kid showed me that he really did. He, he made a mistake. Sure. He understood that mistake, and he moved forward. He did really good. He, uh, during that uh, nine weeks that he was in my class, he enrolled um, – or not enrolled, he signed up for uh, the military, okay. and we became, you know, good friends, um, corresponded. You know, he'd stop in the classroom all the time, and he be, he said, Mr. McCall, thank you very much. Right. Thank you for caring about me. Yeah. And that's what I like about being a school teacher is that we like it. We, we can give them the opportunity to fail, but help them get that reflection time Help them understand, okay, what did you do or not do that led to a result that you're not real happy with? Right. And what are you willing to do to make a change? Yeah. You know, something I I do with the kids that I teach or the people that I coach uh, or speak to, and I do this specifically with Braddocks, um, and I have to develop this this type of mindset, too, if if – like your your situation, or like this this with Braddix, if he he has a talking to because he's done something in class that wasn't you know satisfactory. I don't know, whatever. I'm just kind of throwing this out sure. there. His response isn't like you're a jerk. How could you do this to me? Is what I'm trying to cultivate cultivate with him is your response should be thank you for helping me be better. Yeah. I mean, Not just you know, hey, if if I if I earned an F, that's it. What what can I do? Like maybe getting off on a, on a tra- different track, or with coaches, you know, like if a coach gets on you um, or yells at you, um, that's kind of their job. Yeah. Right. Hey, don't don't get don't don't sink down. Don't be disappointed. Have a different mindset. Have a different attitude. Okay, coach. Thank you for helping me be better. Because that's what we're trying to do. Thank you. I I, I get very frustrated when I'm being told, "Well, you hate this kid." I'm sorry. I haven't been teaching for over 20 years because I hate children. Quite honestly, I love working with kids. I love helping them with their aha experiences. I love helping them figure out. Okay, so I made a mistake. What are you going to do about it? Right. Helping them, you know, kind of everything that we've talked about on our podcast episodes so far and what we will do in the future are really the same kinds of conversations I have with my kids. Yeah. And whether it's in the whole class or just privately, individually, uh, you know, you're trying to build relationships to help them that, look, you're going to make mistakes. Right. Accept that you're going to make mistakes. Just learn from them. Yeah. Period. The end. Yeah. And don't, don't, it's, it's hard to get over that. I understand that we, you and I have both been there. We've grown so much because Uh that was, that was something we chose. Yes. I'm going to grow through this. Yeah. I'm not just going to go through it because I'm not going to learn, but if I grow through it, I'm learning. I'm not going to repeat, but I'm also going to learn that I don't live there anymore. No. 
The past is not the predictor of the future. Right. You can change the future by changing what you do. Right. Learn from your mistakes. Yeah. The past helps influence the present, but it doesn't guarantee the future. You can all the future is always available to right. be changed. Yeah. Uh, to quote uh, from uh, Oh Terminator One, the future is what we make of it. Yeah. And so. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Um, so yeah, that's, that kind of sums up our, our episode for today about getting knocked down and, um, you know, having the courage to respond correctly and and learn and grow through those obstacles. They're not always put in place to prevent you. Uh, most times they're there to strengthen you and propel you and experience a breakthrough to teach you. Yeah. It's it's, it's happening for you. Right. I love that statement. I'm going to start using that. If you don't mind, I hope you don't charge me a copyright. I don't know what day um, you're on, but it's it's in my book, so you you could you could read that. Well, gotcha. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Um, have a great day. We'll see you next time. Thank you. See ya.